We love the Lord this morning. Do you love the Lord? We love him. He's worthy of the praise. Will you turn with me, please, to Exodus chapter 12? We will be looking at other scriptures, but Exodus chapter 12. If you have a pen and a a notepad or you want to write it in your flyleaf, we are going to mention a few different things this morning. More like a Bible study than a preach this morning. Exodus 12 verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lambs shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, unleavened bread, and with herb, bitter herbs, they shall eat it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire his head, with his legs, and with his pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat, ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes and your feet and your staff and your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment, I am the Lord. And the blood shall be unto you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. You shall keep it a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Keep your Bible open. We're going to refer to this in a moment, but let's pray. Father, Father, thank you for the Lamb of God, your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for his precious blood. And now this morning, Lord, we pray as we're here, we thank you that, Lord, we're just delighted to see so many people out to worship you this morning as being a holiday time. So many away, yet, Lord, you come and you, Bring your people and you put it into their hearts to be in your presence. But we pray, Father, this morning now that everything that we have come in with will be left from our hearts and our minds and everything will be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, your spotless lamb. We ask it in his name. Amen. The lamb, the Passover lamb, was to be uh, without spot or blemish. And it tells us this in verse 5, your lambs shall be without blemish. Notice you have to take it from within the sheep of the goats. It was to be separated and without blemish. Different, it was to be completely 
without spot or blemish. It was to be a male of the first year, so it's a male. It is to be without blemish, and this lamb was to be separated. All pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ, all foreshadowings of he that was to come. Verse 6 tells us, you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. This is the 14th day of Nisan. And what they did, they separated it off in the 10th of Nisan. And it was separated off from the rest, knowing that this was known as the Passover or the Paschal Lamb. And this lamb would be known by its bleeding. Bleating, B-L-E-E-T-I-N-G. It would be known as this is the lamb. This is the lamb. And of course, we'll look at that, God willing, a little later on. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ again, it was to be killed in the evening. In the evening, Christ died in the evening. It was our afternoon time, but to uh, Israel, it is the evening. They went from 6 p.m. until 6 a.m., roughly sun. Uh, sunset, pardon me, to sunrise and back sunrise to sunset again was their day. And so there was to be killed in the evening and Christ was killed in the evening. And you can see all of these little pictures. And then they were to take of the blood and strike it upon the two, the door, two side posts and the upper door posts of the house wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh and roast it with fire. Speaking of the the very uh, nature of the crucifixion of Christ. The very life of Christ was that he was hounded as it were. He was, uh, he was um, taken by the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees and he, he was uh, demeaned and he was, uh, they, they took him to, to Pontius Pilate and he was beaten and scourged and he was roasted as it were. And then it says, we're to eat it with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. It reminded Israel of their time. All of these reminded Israel of their time in Egypt. This would be a remembrance to them. Unleavened bread would be in its purity. And then, of course, uh, when we get to verse 10, we haven't time to study all through, of it, through this. It says in verse, pardon me, verse 11, and you shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. In other words, you must be ready. Your salvation is coming. Redemption is coming. You must be ready. Uh, for the going out Israel, for the exodus, you must be ready. And you must be ready, friend, that you, are, uh, you have partaken of the lamb. And not just partaken of the lamb. Notice what it says in verse 9. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire its head, its legs, with the pertinence thereof. And ye, and ye shall let nothing of it remain. In other words, you have to take the lamb in his entirety. Notice, you can't take part of Christ and just the bits you like of Christ. It wasn't like I'm going to take a leg of lamb here, as it were, in these days and leave the rest. We're going to, we're going to waste this. No, friend. You see, Christ is too precious. And he gave his son the preciousness of glory. And he gave the jewel of heaven for you and I. So Christ was to be taken and is to be taken in his fullness. And notice in verse 11, thus shall you eat it with your loins, girded shoes in your feet and staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. What does it mean? It's explained in verse 12. For I will pass through. Notice here's the passing through. 
the Lord in judgment, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. He says, I am the Lord. In other words, in in retribution, God is still sovereign in everything that he does. God is sovereign in judgment. And whether we think, well, it's unfair or not, it matters little. He is still God, he says. It's not whether what you believe or think. It's not in your ideas nor your ways. It's not in your own carnal understanding. He says, I am the Lord. And this is what it takes. This is what it is. You must take of the lamb. The blood must be applied. Not only shed, but applied. What do we mean? Well, the blood of Christ was shed at Calvary. It was shed purposefully at Calvary. It was shed. It was shed in the mind of God from before the foundation of the world. It happened in time when Christ hung and bled and died. And so it was shed. But it's no good saying, well, the blood was shed and not being applied. The lamb's blood was to be shed and then applied to the doorposts, to the door lintels. So the blood of the lamb must be applied. And so as Christians, we know that when we come in faith to the cross, trusting in the blood of Christ to wash us and cleanse us, purge us and purify us from all of our law-breaking, God's law-breaking, that is, and transgressions, our iniquities, that we believe that we are washed in the blood, that the blood has been not only shed at Calvary, but it's been applied to all our hearts. Isn't that fantastic, isn't it? And here is what the Lord says, I'm the Lord. People say you're unjust. You're unjust to let... People go to a lost eternity. You're unjust to allow people to go into outer darkness. You're unjust to say that people go to a hell, a lake of fire. Well, friend, the Lord says, I am the Lord. This is my glory. And this is my heaven. So you come as I say, not as you will. And notice that's just, that's Bible. It's 101. He says, I am the Lord. Ken Davidson isn't the Lord. Aaron Wilkins isn't the Lord. None of us. He is the Lord. And it's what he says is what we must stand in and stand with. Verse 13, And the blood shall be for you for a token upon the houses where you are. Will you say, on the blood? Will you say it again? Let the devil hear it. It's the blood. He didn't even say, when I see you're my chosen elect seed of Israel. He didn't say that. He says, and the blood. It's the blood. What is God looking for? What will God recognize? The only thing he'll recognize when man and woman stands before him is the blood. The blood of the Lamb. Notice, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, let's say it, when I see the blood, and when I see the blood, come on, let's say it louder, and when I see the blood, when I see the blood, covered in the blood, or washed in the blood, washed in the blood of the Lamb. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Notice I'm passing through Egypt. Here comes the judgment through. I'm passing through in judgment. When I see the blood, 
I will pass over you. The child of God washed in the blood will never stand in judgment ever, ever, ever because of the blood of the Lamb. Notice this. The first mention of the scriptures, you're reading and you're doing some study, always go back to the first mention of the scripture of whatever that subject is you're learning. And you'll find you'll have a thread right through the scripture. And the, the law of first mention is in Exodus 12 and verse 11 is the word Passover. That's the first time it's mentioned. God says, I will pass over. So what were Israel to do? They were to take the lamb, slay the lamb. They were to take the lamb and they were to take it in entirety. And the blood of the lamb was to be applied shed then applied on the doorpost and the door lintels and God would see the blood and pass over. Notice they had to act on the bare word of God. I want you to understand this because people think, well, it's the word plus. No, it isn't. It isn't the cross plus. It isn't the cross plus your works. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. Big difference. And here we find that whenever... Uh, the Israelites were to take the lamb's blood and apply it. Can, can you imagine this? They're in Egypt 430 years. There's been plagues. And they're still not let go. They've heard the preaching. Still not let go. Still under the devil, as it were, in Egypt's bondage. They're still there and they're still not let go. Can you imagine... Moses coming and saying, here's what I want you to do. The Lord has told me, you have to take a little lamb, set him apart, and then you have to slay him and put the blood on. God says there's going to be a big judgment, another plague, number 10. God's divine order is number 10, 10 commandments and so on. He says there's going to be a plague number 10, that is God himself that will pass through Egypt tonight in judgment. And he says when he sees the blood, he'll pass over you. Notice when he sees the blood. Can you imagine the Israelites saying, yeah, right, Moses, okay, we believe you. Let's be honest. You telling me that if I take one of our little lambs without blemish and set him apart and then I slay him and put his blood in a bucket and I plant the doorpost of my house and when he passes through Egypt, when he sees that blood, he's going to pass over? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. We have just to believe it receive it, and walk in it. Simple as that. I write Moses. It's no different. We tell that Christ has paid our debt, shed his blood. The blood has been shed, it must be applied to the doorposts, the door lintels of your heart's door. And when God sees the blood, simple as that. Man and woman tend to think we must do. We must ritual. No. We must do all this ceremony to make it look like something. No. It's all about the blood. It's all about the blood of the Lamb. Taking God at his word. The bare word of God. Nothing added. Nothing taken away. Just as he says it. Pure, simple, straight to the point. Take the blood, apply it to your life, and you will be saved. <laughs> Simple as that, isn't it? 
And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And he says, the blood shall be for you for a token. It means it's like a flag flag. Do you know whenever you're Sunday school teachers and you, you, there's a flag flying high from the castle of my heart. Isn't that right? For the king is in residence there. And it's the same. The, the flag is the blood that's applied to the man and the woman. The Passover lamb's blood. I want to show you something here in Exodus, pardon me, in Exodus 12 and 11 we have the first mention. The last mention is in Hebrews 11 and verse 28. So you go right through time and past the cross and now you're out the other side and the outpouring of the Spirit and where does the Holy Ghost bring us to? Brings us to Hebrews 11, faith's hall of fame as it's known, where all those acted in faith. Acted in faith. It's believing acted in faith. Now I know the true belief comes from a regenerated heart by the Spirit. That means the Holy Ghost makes you alive to behold the Lamb of God. And he he gives you the faith, imputed faith to receive Christ. Notice what it says about Moses here. Hebrews 11 verse 28. Through faith he, that is Moses, kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. It's the last mention. The first mention of it is to do with Moses and Israel and the Lamb and the blood. And the last mention is in the book of Hebrews and it is to do with the same For example, in Exodus chapter 12, five times Passover is mentioned. We have read verse 11. It is the Lord's Passover, it's called. Notice, verse 11. It is the Lord's Passover. Verse 21 says, Draw it and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. Kill the Passover. Then in verse 27, it says it's the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. And verse 43 then. Verse 43. The Lord said unto Moses and Aaron. This is the ordinance of the Passover. Notice. It's called the ordinance of the Passover. And then in verse 48. He speaks of the stranger coming in. Must also keep the Passover. Verse 48. When a stranger shall sojourn with thee. And he will keep the Passover to the Lord. Let all his meals be circumcised. Then let him come near and keep it and he shall be as one that is born in the land for no one circumcised person shall eat thereof and whenever you take this in doesn't it show you that how we as a people as a nation are meant to be living that those who are come in do you ever wonder why they're never off they're never believers in the Lord it's well not never but very rarely it's mostly of all their uh, non-Christian faiths And here's his plain and straight. They should be loving the Lord if they're coming into it. Notice this. The Lord's Passover. It's to your families and kill the Passover. It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. It is the ordinance of the Passover. And it's to keep the Passover off the Lord. And the idea of this is the Lord is passing over. But the whole event is the Passover. The Lamb is the Passover Lamb. The Lord is the one who's passing over. The Lord is in it all and through it all. Notice how we have the Father 
who is in it all through it all. We have the Son, the Lamb of God, who's shedding his precious blood. So God is in it all and he's through it all. And notice this also. Not only is the Lord the Passover, but he's the fullness of the Passover. For example, the word Passover in Exodus 12, verse 23. Look what it says. We'll just pick this one. Verse 23, please. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he saith the blood on the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite. You notice the Lord will pass over the door. See the pass over here where it's used. It's a, it's a word, pasach, or pishach. And this is what it means. And I want you to get to grips with it because it means more than you and I think it means. If we were to say, well, what does Passover mean? What well, means just the Lord's passing over? It means more than that. For example, the, the word uh, Passover here, or, or Pesach, is, it really gives the idea of, you ready? To leap, to jump over, to pass over. Listen to what also it means. To halt, to be lame, and to limp. But God would limp. Ah, but now you see, God is not just passing over. He's also represented in the Lamb of God. I want you to see this. Turn with me to 2 Samuel 4. 2 Samuel 4. I just want you to get a grips with this wonderful uh, Hebrew word here. 2 Samuel 4 and verse 4. And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame on his feet. And he was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And the nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. Notice he became lame. See the word lame? It's the exact same word for Passover. You say, well, what's, don't understand this. The word lame here is the exact same word for Passover. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18, please. 1 Kings chapter 18. And let your eye run down, please, to verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, Follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. See the word halt. It's the same word for Passover. So how long halt ye between two opinions? Here's the Baal worship. And here's Yahweh. Oh, Baal worship. And here's Yahweh. You see they're hindered. They're limping. They're procrastinating and halting. And the idea is, how long are you halting for? Jumping from one to the other. And stay with me. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3, verse 15. It's after 
Adam and Eve had sinned in the garden and the Lord comes down and notice what he says to the serpent. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy, thy head, thou shalt bruise his heel. Now this is the picture of the coming Messiah. The Christ of God. Crushing the head of the serpent. And the idea in this is this. That here is the limp pictured. The limp. The halt. Something that halts you. Pictured. The lamb in Exodus 12 was to be taken and it's spotless and then slain. It was to have a hindrance in the killing of it. It's the same as Mephibosheth who was lame and he couldn't move. He was lamed in it. Now I want you to go to the book of Revelation, please, chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, please. And John writes this, Revelation 5 and verse 6. Let's go to verse 5. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. Notice, stood a lamb as it had been slain. The idea here is, First of all, the Lord would come, Messiah would come, and he would crush the head of the serpent, but the serpent, as it were, would bruise or bruise his heel. He would, as if he would be halt, gives a picture of someone halting, being bruised. And then we have the lamb in Exodus 12, the Peshach lamb or the, the Pasach lamb. And here it is, it's, it's killed and the blood is applied. And then comes the whole ordinance of it. Then comes uh, the like of Mephibosheth. We see it lame on his leg. And those halting are those prophets of Baal halting between two opinions. And leaping on altars is the same word. And by the time we get to Calvary, we see the beautiful, sinless, spotless Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The one from Genesis 15 who is pictured here in Exodus chapter 12. And now we see him hanging on a cross with a serpent thinking he's bruised his heel. And that's why it's called Passover lamb. And then when we get to Revelation 5, he goes to the grave. And he rises on the third day and he sends into heaven. And John is in heaven. There's no one to loose the seals and to open the book of her off. And there is weeping in heaven. We're told there's no crown in heaven. There is in Revelation 5. They're weeping because none was worthy or able. And it says, Wait not, behold, the land of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. Christ has overcome, it means. Our paschal lamb has overcome. And John looks to see what a lion. And what does he see? He sees a lamb. He sees a lamb. As it had been slain. Where was it? Risen and alive with the marks still on it and still in it. It had been, as it were, the paschal lamb. That which had been hit at the heel. 
the marks in his hands and the marks in his feet. Do you know the whole of perfection of heaven? And I want to say this in reverence. Do you know the only imperfection, yet it's so perfect we just can't understand it? Is the marks and the wounds of Christ. He still bears the marks. Did you just get that now? So the Passover is not just about God passing over. It shows God as he is passing over. It shows that he is represented as the Lamb of God. He would taste death for every man. Notice, 48 times Passover is mentioned in the Scripture. Pardon me, in the Old Testament Scripture. 28 times in the New Testament, Passovers is mentioned once. Two times pass and over in that context is mentioned. And the last mention is in Ezekiel 45 and verse 21 of it in the Old Testament. The first mention of Passover in the New Testament is in Matthew 26 and in verse 2. Let's turn. Matthew 26 and in verse 2. Verse 1 says, It came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, For you know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Now that takes us right back to two minutes ago. Here is the marking of Christ. The Passover law. The devil thought he had him. The devil thought I've got him. But you know what? In the words of the old Puritan, Satan is God's ape. And he just does what he's told. Everything was in the plan, purpose, the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God for this lamb to be slain. The Jews would Judah's taken into Babylon in the Old Testament. The Jews would be released from Babylon to build the walls in the temple. You read of Ezra, Nehemiah coming there. And then you read what's known there, what's known as the 70 weeks nation. I personally believe the 70 weeks finished when Christ died on the cross. Right in the middle of the week. Daniel 9 tells us Messiah the Prince would come and this would change everything when Messiah the Prince would come. And four times Passover is mentioned in Matthew's Gospel. Five times in Mark's. Seven times in Luke's. Ten times in John's Gospel. In John chapter 1 and verse 29 we read of John in the river Jordan seeing the Lord Jesus Christ and it says Jesus coming unto him and saith Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John said that about Jesus. So here he has not only prophesied from Genesis 3 and 15, he's not only typified in Exodus chapter 12 and so on through that. The covenant is coming to be ratified. Ratified. Notice the feast of Passover or the eating the Passover, the keeping or the making ready of the Passover, is all shown in Luke chapter 22. 
All of it's shown. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22. We're going to round this up and break bread in a few minutes. Luke chapter 22. We can't read all of it, so you'll have to excuse me if I skip across this. Verse 1 says, Now the feast of unleavened bread. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Exodus 12. Do now, which is called the Passover. from Exodus 12. And the chief priests and Pharisees saw it, how they might kill him, for they feared the people. They thought how they might kill him. One who came in love for his people. Notice we have the slayers of the chief priests and the scribes. They thought how they might kill him. We have the betrayer in verse 3. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. Notice then... We have in verse 57, Peter, the denier. We know that he denied the Lord thrice. Right through all of this. Can you see right through all of this? The worst, the chief priests, these Jewish chief priests and Pharisees, the scribes, all of them. They all get together, the Romans, the, the Roman centurions and the armies and the temple guard and the Herod and you can imagine Pontius Pilate and they all get together to come against the Christ of God for one reason. Why? Well, they're thinking it's just to put them on out of the road. I'll tell you why. The devil wanted the Christ of God, the Lord Jesus. They wanted him slain that he couldn't die for us. Why? Because if the devil could do that, you and I would be lost. But it was all in God's plan. You see, when things are going wrong in your life, brother, when things are going wrong in your life, sister, here's something for you to remember and take into your heart that no matter what's going on and going wrong in your life, the devil may mean it for evil, but God will turn it for the good. He's still on the throne. He's still in charge. He's still in control. So notice in Luke chapter 13, if you will, please, just go back to Luke 13. I hadn't time to go through Luke 22. Read it when you, get, when you get home maybe or later when you can. Let's go just to verse 6 please. The Lord Jesus is speaking and says, He spake unto the, also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. And he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down while cumbereth at the ground. And he answering said unto him, Let it, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Notice he talks about a fig tree. Fig tree was representing Jewry, the Jews. And here he's given a parable where? In the synagogue. So they knew he was talking about them. And he says, there's a man comes and he's digging and, uh, and trying to produce fruit for three years on this fig tree and nothing comes of it. And so uh, the, the man then uh, of the gardener, the dresser, he says, turn that down and bring it out of the road. And listen, he says, no, let it alone this year also. What was it the end of the fourth year? Done it for three years into the fourth year. And if it brings forth fruit well, and if not, then you can take it away and tear it down. Jesus was sent it in the synagogue to the Jews, especially to the Pharisees and the leaders and the teachers. He's been ministering for three years, 
And in the midst of the fourth year, just as Daniel 9 says, in the midst of the fourth year, you're going to reject me and you're going to be finished. The very uh, temple worship, the very slaying of the animals, the Passover would be done away with. Now I have friends and they celebrate the actual feast of the Passover and they go and have the feast. Now I have no problem if anybody does that. I don't see the need to. But I have no problem. I don't hold anything against anyone. I don't think it's a big issue. But at the same time, there are also those I have friends who, I've actually friends who stopped coming here because we broke bread every Sunday. They wanted it once at Passover and that was it. And they stopped coming as well. So you see, you're sort of walking the, the tightrope, aren't you? It's like that and everything when you're a pastor. Anyhow, you walk the tightrope the whole way down the line. And notice this, in this fig tree, it would be done away with. The old order would be done away with. I haven't a lot of time. I don't want to keep you too late because I appreciate you coming out on such a lovely day. And it's not only a lovely day, but on a holiday as well. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 7, Paul tells us, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. So Christ is our Passover. Jesus is our Passover. And in Matthew 16 and verse 6, it says, Then said Jesus unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Remember, there's unleavened bread on the Passover. Unleavened bread. So what he's speaking of on leaven is, the leaven of the Pharisees was the doctrine of the Judaizers, what they wanted to do. And, and I'm not trying to offend anyone here, but listen, church, there's so many people in today's church who want to bring Judaism into the church, and really, we should bring in, be bringing them the gospel of saving grace. Amen. That's right. yeah. it's, Judaism is in juxtaposition to Christianity and Christ true believers. It's a, it, they're totally two different opposites. One denies and hates Christ and has sacrificial worship. Or is looking, I should say, for sacrificial worship. They don't have it now. And the other is by grace through faith. Salvation in him. He's our Paschal Lamb. The one who was wounded for me. Verse, chapter 16 and Matthew 16 and verse 12. Then understood they how that he bade them not of beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What they used to do was take a bit of last week's dough and put it a wee bit into this week's dough. <laughs> and if they hadn't brushed everything, that's where you'd see the Jews would brush out their houses, get the leaven, the, the yeast out of it. And what is they bring a little bit of last week's dough and they put it into the dough and it causes it to rise. And he says, well, their teaching brought into what Christ is doing on the cross with their teaching of, their t- especially now the Talmudism. It was in Jesus' day, he talks about you, you're more worried about the tradition of your elders. And what they done was they brought all of this in. Then it was the sacrificial animals, temple worship. And God says, I'm finished here. I've given my lamb once and for all, never to be repeated. The end of all sacrificial offerings, the lamb to finish all lambs. He is the lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Or he's the one who will redeem those whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
and to bring the little bit of dough from the, from, from a, uh, the temple there or from any religion nowadays. And they added in to what we have as salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. Through his blood alone. Is to bring leaven of false doctrine into the church. And unfortunately, church, there are many, many who are doing it today. I'm not looking for a rebuilt Jewish temple, friends. They'll try and build it and there'll be World War III. Not looking for that. You know what I'm looking for? The coming of Christ. I'm looking for the coming of Christ. I better stop here. Here's the new covenant. You can read it. Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 33. It's also in Hebrews 8 and verse 8. And in Hebrews 10, verses 9 and 10. I will read Hebrews 10, verses 9 and 10. It's just a carbon copy, as it were, right over. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Why did Jesus come to do the will of his Father? He taketh away the first. Notice, take. Jesus took all of it away. Three and a half years, you've rejected me. In the synagogue, he says. He taketh away the first that he may establish. What? The second. This is the covenant that's made in Daniel 9, not an antichrist. In fact, you read Daniel 9, Daniel's reading the book of Jeremiah. If he's reading the book of Jeremiah, what's he going to read? Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 33. Behold, the day has come, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not the covenant that I made with their fathers, but I will put my law in your inward parts. He's reading that, and that's the new covenant. People are fixated on Antichrist. You've missed them. He's been setting up the Tiber. He's been with us for years. The spirit of Antichrist has been with us from the days of Nimrod. Getting too doctrinal here, better stop this. Verse 10, he says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Passover looks back to Egypt. The old covenant and the Passover looks back to Egypt. God brought it outside through the blood. Yeah? But the new covenant Passover looks forward to the kingdom of God. I'm not looking back anymore. My sin and shame don't count anymore, we sang. All of that's gone. The Holy Ghost has been poured out. And he's keeping me looking at the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus. Not in a temple. The blood of Christ looking forward. What for? For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. This table looks back to the cross. And forward to the coming of the Lord. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me, he says. And so we're going to break bread. And we're going to drink from the cup. God bless us all this morning.